There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, welcome back to Brooko Mode for episode, don't know what, but I'm joined by Hannah Marshall. Hi, guys. In this episode, we're going to talk through some things that have happened in 2023, set some new directions for 2024 and hopefully give you guys some insights and some valuable tips and lessons to take away with you. So Hannah's given me a list of a few things. We're going to go through them and we're going to sort of explore why they're important to her and maybe all learn a couple of things and have a bit of a good conversation. So the first one, more solo dates and time for yourself in 2024. Why is that important? So this is something I have been implementing this year um and I feel like it is so important to just remind yourself that if you want to do something you can go do it by yourself if you want to buy something go buy it for yourself I just feel like we are so focused on always having someone with us when we leave the house or always having a friendship group to do things with or having a partner to do things with like if you want to go see a movie take yourself to it if you want to go out to lunch take yourself out to lunch it just like helps us remind ourselves that at the end of the day we only really need ourselves like yes having friendships like super important and having a partner is always nice but at the end of the day you only really need yourself and just being able to take yourself out and being able to be comfortable just being by yourself really centers you and just reminds yourself that like it doesn't really matter what's going on around you as long as you have yourself and you feel comfortable in your own skin like that's all you really need at the end of the day do you think I've done this before where like you hang around a lot of people and it's sort of just to mask your own sort of discomfort with yourself. Like when you're feeling not good about yourself, a lot of the time we can hang around other people sort Mm -hmm. of just to hide from the fact that we just don't like being with ourselves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think this is another thing that um, I really want to make sure that I'm doing like at least once a day um, next year is being able to just sit in silence by myself. And it's something that I speak to a lot of my clients about um, is especially people that are really, really busy on the go all the time. Um, my brain doesn't ever stop and I'm always with people, whether that's with clients or friends or I'm never really by myself ever. Um, so I've started 
doing this thing where I sit down and have breakfast in the morning and I'll try and just sit in silence and just be alone with my thoughts and just thinking about like almost clearing that inbox. I was listening to a podcast um, a couple of months ago and they um, referred to your thoughts as kind of like your email inbox. If you don't open your emails or don't go through your inbox for a very long time, when you open it, you're going to be like, this is so overwhelming like and you'll just shut your laptop and you don't want to deal with it but if you regularly sit down go through your emails clear out the junk answer the important ones opening your emails every day won't be so overwhelming um and I've kind of tried to imply that in my life where I'll just sit down and just kind of think about what am I thinking about where are my thoughts today and just go through all the junk in my brain and just deal with the important thoughts rather than ignoring it and then just feeling overwhelmed when there's five minutes of silence in your life so like meditation journaling stuff mm-hmm. like that just yeah. clear journaling's it. a big one yeah I feel like that's so important because mm-hmm. like because we're s- it's such a stimulated world and especially mm-hmm. for busy people mm-hmm. we can almost like do this all the time um we're busy and we're doing all these great things, but then there's like there's gonna there's that gradual build up of whether it's stress or tension mm-hmm. or some something we don't like about ourselves, those little voices and thoughts, they start to mm-hmm. slowly build up. And if we don't regularly check in with ourselves, like with whatever practice that is it works for you, mm-hmm. then it then it becomes too much and it becomes very overwhelming. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think just yeah, being able to just sit in silence, um, and then also feeling comfortable being able to relax. That's something that I've learned this year the hard way is that I actually find it uncomfortable to relax and sit down and do nothing. Like it actually stresses me out a little bit and that was something that was highlighted to me this year and I was like I need to fix that because I should be able to sit down and lay down and chill out and just not do anything for a bit or even just have a day off where I just don't do anything and just relax and recharge that shouldn't stress me out that shouldn't make me feel anxious I shouldn't feel guilty in a way for not doing anything that day so that's something that I'm trying to work on for next year as well yeah it's definitely saying it's probably one of my main focuses for 2024 Mm -hmm. and I think Learning to switch off is so important, mm-hmm. especially for people who are are so driven um, to be able to recharge. Yep. But I'm interested in that. Like, there's something in another podcast I listen to. It's called Productivity Purgatory, where like you're resting, you're switched off, but every but all the time where you switched off, you're just thinking about how it's going to make you so much more productive. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's like this toxic thing where we're like addicted to productivity and even when we're resting, it's still motivated by the fact that, oh my God, we're going to be so productive. Like when I come back, I'll recharge and refuel. Yeah, yeah. No, that definitely is me, 100%. Just learning to switch off and actually just not think about either what I have to do for work or what I have to do for the next day is hard. Like, um, yeah, it's a skill that I definitely have to work on. Yeah, it's it's a hard skill and it's it's (laughs) a skill skill that I'm trying to work on. Yeah. like even today trying to sit down and watch TV or a show, like I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I d- like I, I can't, yeah. Or movies or like. Yeah. And like I've had time when I'm spending time with people and like I genuinely can't enjoy it. And mm-hmm. it's not because I don't like them or love them. Even last night when I was playing golf with a few mates at the mm-hmm. shops. At the shops? At Karen up. At <laughs> the shops? Holy moly. <laughs> um, it takes me about 15 minutes to get into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have to like my thoughts elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. Like mm-hmm. it's it's saying I'm like I don't like that. I want to mm-hmm. be able to just like be. I guess it's intentional. Like be. Yeah. That's one of my main focuses in 2024 is like be intentional with mm-hmm. what you're doing. Like yep. you're working. That that's not time to like be scrolling on your phone and like doing all these yeah. distracting things. But when yeah. you're resting, 
it's recovery it's refilling your emotional cup and i feel like that's the that's the big one yeah um So what do, you, what do you think are the best ways then to – when you talk about solo dates and time for yourself, do you mean – so I guess whether it's in the morning, like eating breakfast, not distracting yourself by going your phone, that's some good examples, whether mm-hmm. it's journaling, mm-hmm. um, doing things yourself like going to the shops, you don't have to always have someone, those sort of things. Is there any other sort of ways that we can implement this? Um, something that I've – recently done is um i have my settings on my phone turned on to like specific times in the week where it's on do not disturb i like i've turned off all of my locations my locations my, <laughs> not- my notifications for anything that's not work yeah. and that has really helped me during the time where i'm trying to switch off from work and just be present and be by myself that's helped me so much because if i get a notification from yeah. something i'm like Oh, just reply or even on the weekends I get no notifications at all. Like my phone does not buzz whatsoever. There's no I don't get any texts, any calls. I have a couple of people turned on that they can ring through, but like work does not come through at all and that has helped me so much because if I get a notification I'm gonna respond to it. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's really important. Just any apps that you feel like you're spending a lot of time on or if you get a notification you have to respond to when you're trying to switch off just turning all of your notifications off whether that's on just on the weekends or while you're like studying or trying to work just turning your notifications off completely um yeah that's really helped me i feel like another myth to dispel is the fact that alone time isn't selfish time Mm -hmm. i feel like this would be very hard for people with kids and stuff but I don't know, I feel like sometimes people are spending time by themselves, it's scary, but then they also don't realise the importance of it. And it's like completely not selfish at all because if you're able to spend time alone and then show up to the world in a better way, yep. that's the least selfish thing you can yeah. do. Yeah, I've noticed that I am a way better coach when I prioritise time by myself and when I have time that I don't answer my phone, I don't answer messages, I don't look at my emails. When I go back to work on Monday, I'm a way better coach and I'm way more present with my clients because I've had that time on the weekend to fill up my own cup. You cannot pour from an empty cup at the end of the day. Yeah, I like that one. I feel like the external follows a lot from the internal. And mm-hmm. I did a post today or I made a video and I think I need to follow it up. The external follows from the internal, but we often chase the external. So like whether it's goal setting, we're often chasing like I want more money, better body, whatever, whatever. But a lot of goal setting isn't like, okay, I want to prioritize this to myself or like I want to react better at this. I want to be able to manage my emotions better. Even though those goals would would make those external things happen five times quicker because the, for me, I have a big belief in like the external follows the internal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're so seduced by the external because we think when we get to the external, it'll guarantee the internal. Mm-hmm. Like, w- like whether... It's we think like feeling good about ourselves. Like we think once we achieve achieve the external, we're going to feel so good about ourselves. But often if we find ways to feel good about ourselves, the external follows. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's something I talk about with my clients a lot is when they, when I have a new client start with me, it's always the external goals, whether that's I want to lose X amount of weight or I want to look like this or I want to see this number on the scale or whatever. It's always 
external, which is fine. Like that's a great motivator to begin with. But I always make sure that we have an internal goal, whether that's like I want to be able to put on a bikini in summer and feel good about myself and not feel like I have to, you know, hide behind someone or I want to be able to walk into the gym and not like be intimidated by everyone around me and feel like I belong there, feel confident. Those like internal goals are going to, yeah, as you said, turn into those external goals as well. But you have to kind of tick those mini internal goals to be able to push for the external goals as well. Different types of movement and exercise. Um, I, I've seen you've been doing a slightly different sort of exercise in the past couple of months. Take us through that and why you think that's important. So coming out of prep, I feel like the gym has been my whole life for five years and I I still love it. The bodybuilding style of training, it's still where my heart and soul is. Like I love it and I'll never stop doing it. But um, I feel like we kind of get to a certain age where we feel like we actually can't start new hobbies. Um, and I feel like a lot of people in their 20s feel that way. But it's actually the perfect time to start new hobbies and meet new people. Um, I've joined like a CrossFit gym and I've started running. Um, I've also started dance classes as well. So um, I used to dance for years and years when I was younger so that's kind of not a new thing for me but a new style of dancing definitely um but yeah different different movement and different styles of exercise is refreshing and it kind of pushes you out of your comfort zone and I feel like it's something that is really important for me to continue next year because it is uncomfortable joining a new gym like learning different styles of exercise and stuff like that it's super uncomfortable especially the gym is my job I would say that like I kind of know what I'm doing. So then going into a new gym with a new style of training where I'm a complete beginner, I have Mm. no fucking clue what I'm doing is humbling, (laughs) but it's a good, good humbling. And yeah, it's like just refreshing trying something new. And I feel like, yeah, we kind of get to an age where we feel like we can't like start new things and start new hobbies or join new gyms or join new clubs and stuff like that, or try a dance class. We feel like we can't, but it's such a, good time and a good age to start because the friendships you make at new places are so important 100 percent. do you feel like when people in the gym world sort of i guess forget how important the benefits of cardiovascular training are because i feel like to some extent there is going to be like a slight loss of gains Mm -hmm. but what you actually to be fair it can be argued that having a better cardio base can allow you to train more Mm -hmm. because it helps oxygenate your blood and all these sort of effects. But I just feel like there's a bit of a um, misconception with the people in the gym culture sort of undervalue cardio training. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, Yeah, I think cardio is very underrated. Um, I was actually having this conversation with um, a guy from my gym the other day and he was saying like, CrossFit especially is the most humbling sport you ever fucking participate in. It is insane. Um, And I feel like coming from like a bodybuilding style of training, I was like, you know what? I've just, you know, I've done a prep. I did cardio every day. Like I train most days. Like I think I'm pretty fit. Like going into then a CrossFit style of training is like insane. Like it's a whole another world. And I think cardio is yeah very underrated and it actually can like help you progress in the gym way more than you think having that good 
cardiovascular fitness base is going to help you, you know, have the stamina to push harder in your sessions and stuff like that and help you actually push towards your goals. So, yeah, it is, yeah, very underrated. So I just feel like the best thing you can get out of this is to try new things, like Mm -hmm. whether it's Pilates or walking Mm -hmm. or whatever, because I feel like it gives you perspective and you can see what you like. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like you might have had this belief where like, taking away like doing something new it almost feels like you're taking away you or it's like oh my god I'm leaving behind like my baby which is like your gym life yeah even though you're not and like you can do other things and still do and still love gym it's just like getting perspective and all the other benefits that come with trying new things yeah yeah definitely pushing yourself out of your comfort zone probably this is going to probably be with universal to all the do's or don'ts anytime you're trying something new that's scary. It's out of your comfort zone, but I feel like this is a really important one to touch on. Mm-hmm. So why, well, how have you left your comfort zone in 2023 and why do you think that is so important for self-growth? Oh, lots of ways. I feel like if my myself now was to have a conversation with my January self, like I don't even think we'd really get along. Like I've changed so much this year in like the best way possible. Um, yeah, lots of ways as I said before, started dancing, um, CrossFit, running, just new style of exercise that was so far out of my comfort zone. But also, yeah, spending more time with myself. um, Yeah, and just being really, like, picky with who I have in my circle. My circle has gotten a lot smaller this year. Really uncomfortable going from probably at the start of the year I had a bigger group of friends. Um, I've been in a relationship for, like, most of my life. Um. So, yeah, going from that to then having just, like, a very small group of friends was uncomfortable, way out of my comfort zone, but super important. So there's lots of ways this year that I've pushed myself out of my comfort zone that have helped me grow so much. Um, And I think it's really important for growth because it helps us realise that the things we fear are often in our head. It's never as scary as we make it out to be in our head. Um, And when we do the things that we were scared of in the first place, we start to realise that a lot of the fear and the scenarios that we'd make up in our head aren't actually probably the case and you are capable of a lot more than you think you are. Friends one's important. Mm -hmm. I feel like who you surround yourself with is a massive thing. Absolutely. It's sort of, it sort of touches into the next point about removing your negative or people in your life that you don't really align with. But an interesting point is though, how do we remove things from our lives when we don't really have the proof that we are better? Like we're hanging out with these people and we're a reflection of them. We're similar to these people. We want to be better, but then there's that voice in our head saying like, well, is this, maybe this is all I am. Like, even though we should be striving for better, I feel like a lot of people find it impossible to change friendship groups, get out of toxic situations because your beliefs are formed from your behaviors. And if you keep, instilling this doing the same things over and over keep putting yourself in the same situation there isn't really that sort of inner voice that's that gives you that worthiness you know there's not that voice that's saying you are worthy and you deserve to be better Mm -hmm. how do we sort of change that i think just like making that move just biting the bullet just stepping out of your comfort zone whether that's with a relationship with a friendship group i think deep down we always know whether we want to align with these people Um, I've had this conversation with quite a few clients this year, them saying that, you know, their friendship group that they've always been a part of, they no longer align with those girls anymore or 
that partner that they've had for years and years and years, they just feel like they're going in different directions in life. Like how do they get out of it? And then when they do leave that friendship group, that like gray area between just leaving your friendship group and then you haven't really found your new friendship group yet or you haven't really found people that you align. Yeah, that in-between stage is really awkward for people and I feel like that fear of that uh, in-between stage holds people back a lot. But unfortunately, you just have to go through that and then when you do go through that, it's going to make you appreciate whether that's a new partner or new friendship group or just new people in general, it's going to make you appreciate them a lot more and value where they're going in life a lot more and kind of help you push yourself in that direction. That saying of like you're the product of the top five people you spend your time with is so true. So that middle part holds people back a lot. So I think you have to kind of think about am I actually scared to leave these people – behind am I actually scared to kind of not be friends with these people anymore or be single or anything like that or am I scared for that really awkward in-between stage that no one really wants to go through I feel like there's two ways that that can be achieved one is you don't actually need that many people for that like you might only have one or two close friends and that actually can be sufficient you don't need 10 15 friends and another one is working on solo time sort of gives you that confidence of spending time alone so I feel like there's a few overlapping points here if you work on yourself individually then that sort of helps you not need to be in those situations as much yep have you gained confidence in being able to explore the unknown and try new things just by proving to yourself that you know that it actually isn't that scary Yeah, oh, definitely. The confidence you gain when you step out of your comfort zone and do something that is terrifying is unmatched. It is the best way to gain confidence because it just makes you realise that you are capable of so much more than you think and you feel very accomplished when the voices, little voices inside of you are saying you can't do something and then you push past those doubts and you actually go and do it. it. makes you feel really accomplished and that, pride that you feel after definitely grows your confidence unfollow delete remove anything or anyone negative in your life you don't align with how do we know when it's not serving our life is it a is it a voice i think just the feeling you get um i think it's really important to think about the way you feel after you hang out with people if you have just you know hung out with a friend and you leave and you feel drained, you feel exhausted, you feel tired, you just feel meh. They're probably not the people that you want to be surrounding yourself with. And I just think like social media in general is like a really important thing for this one. Like recently I've unfollowed 1,500 people on Instagram. I just went through my whole following. Did you keep following me? Yeah, you're followed. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, you made the cut. (laughs) I just went through it and I was like, I like – I don't actually like have a friendship or have a connection with these people. Some of these people I haven't spoken to in years. And I was like, you are not serving me in any way. Sometimes when you post things, it makes me feel like shit. I don't, I don't want to see it. So yeah, I unfollowed 1500 people and it is the most refreshing thing now just going on Instagram. And the only things that I see are people that I actually care about, people that I actually have a friendship with and I actually care about what's going on in their life or you know influencers or people with followings that they post stuff that's beneficial to me and I actually benefit from their content so I feel like it's so easy just to build up that following list and just like then have following 2,000 people how many of those people do you 
actually align with? Like how many mm. of those people do you actually care about with? Um, and how many of those people, if you saw them out, would you want to sit down and have a conversation with them? That should probably be the following test. Yeah. You can only follow someone if you want to sit down and have a coffee with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely saying I need a, you know, I think there's a lot of people I follow just that probably don't deserve a follow. Yep. <laughs> um, what other ways we talk about removing negativity, um, removing, like removing anything or anyone negative. Like that's, it's all like bad habits, like the things in our life that aren't serving us. What's the, what's the best way we can do? We can sort of change that. Um, in the sense that like once if you don't know who you are and where you want to be and you're currently someone who you don't love you just ha- you don't like yourself and you want to be better but you don't know how and a lot of the time people think oh I'm not motivated I think that's bullshit half the time I reckon a lot of the time it's because they don't have clarity on mm-hmm. where they want to be because mm-hmm. you can have all this energy and not know where to put it mm-hmm. and then you're like oh what's the point I'll yeah. just keep doing what I'm doing so yeah. how, maybe how do we sort of find a direction when we don't um, we don't like where we're at, but mm-hmm. we don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. If you're in a position where you don't like where your life is heading right now, I think it's important to seek out people that are in a position where you do want to be and go hang out with those people. If you want to be into the gym more, go hang out with people that the gym is important to them. If you want to just be around kind of people, people that are generally nice humans, they just have this like – like presence about them that's just warm and kind go hang out with them like see how they talk about themselves see how they talk about other people and mimic their behaviors if you don't really know where you want to go in life seek out other people that are living a life that you probably want to live and doing things that you think you're going to align with more doesn't necessarily mean that you know how you're going to get there and you know where you want to go but those people are going to be driving factors on pushing yourself in that direction Make new goals and embrace change. Why do you think goal setting is so important, even though before we spoke about how a lot of the time we set goals that are external, but they can motivate us and sometimes get us out of a slump, even though they might be external, they can be the thing that gets us out of that hole. But why do you think it's so important? I don't think it's necessarily the goals because it's really easy to sit here and go, I want to do this next year, I want to do that, or I want to look like this or have this amount in my bank account, anything like that. It's more like the why that is behind goals. And this is something I talk about a lot with my clients is when they come to me and say, I have this goal. Always my first question is why? Why do you have that goal? Whether it's like, oh, I want to lose 10 kilos. I'm like, that's a great goal, but why? What's your your driving factor? And highlighting that why is going to be the thing that keeps you pushing yourself in the right direction and keeps you kind of grounded on why you're doing it in the first place because I can roll fucking 20 goals off the top of my tongue that I want to do next year but if none of them actually have really important whys I'm never actually going to start doing any of them so I don't necessarily think it's the goals in the first place goals are great but it's really understanding the why behind things that are going to help you get you to where you want to be love that how do we balance goals that inspire us and have a good why, but are also achievable. I think maybe setting like mini goals towards your big goal. Um, 
and really enjoying the process. I think that's, especially with the gym, that's um, something that people forget to do a lot is <laughs> you actually have to enjoy it, otherwise you're not going to want to go. Whether that's a type of exercise you're doing, how many days a week you're going or what types of foods you're eating, you actually have to enjoy the process. So make those mini goals that are kind of going to give you that dopamine hit and that bit of like, hell yeah, I did that, to keep going towards that big goal. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like creating mini rewards, mm-hmm. something I've listened to in a lot of podcasts and successful people do it really well, they're able to use impulse control very well because they're able to create mini rewards along the way. So they're able to reward themselves for what they're doing in whatever way. So they feel good about what they're doing so they don't have to go off and distract themselves to create, like to, to make up these sort of artificial ways of feeling validated because they know how to make themselves feel good along mm-hmm. the journey, yeah, I love which that. I think is quite powerful. Yeah. Um, now, we often speak about things to do, and I, th- I think that's great. I think it's amazing that people want to do new things and – inspired to change 2024 the year of me mm-hmm. i think that's great but a lot of the time we can get to where we want to be not by starting new things but by stopping things that are holding us back mm-hmm. i often use this car analogy with like the accelerator and and the, and the brake and the handbrake and we often we're all trying to do new things all the time put more things on the accelerator all the time new things it's the novelty it's human nature we want to try new things but often we have these invisible handbrakes on like whether it's limiting beliefs or the people we hang around or the bad habits we have we change those and that car representing us and our life just starts to take off and mm-hmm. we didn't put anything onto that accelerator. So that's why I want to dig into a few of the don'ts. Um, and the first one being centering your – and I feel like these don'ts are so much easier to talk about as well. And I feel yeah. like they're bigger and they're scarier but they're also so much more changeable as well. I feel like the don'ts, are, in my opinion, this is this is the gold, the gold I reckon. Um Centering your worth around other people's opinion. Take us through that one. I think not letting what people have to say about you or where you're going or anything about you kind of diminish the way you feel about yourself. I saw this TikTok the other day and it was talking about um, like a plastic water bottle. If you saw that at Coles, it'd probably be $2. If you bought it at the movies, it'd be five dollars if you bought at the airport it's fucking ten dollars the actual water bottle has not changed at all it's the environment that it's in it's the place that it's being sold so the water bottle is worth the same amount cole's probably bought it the exact same as like the airport bought it for but doesn't mean that it's less worthy in the supermarket or than it is at the airport it's just where it's being placed has more value on it so I feel like really understanding that maybe someone doesn't see your worth or a group of people don't see your worth that doesn't change your worth at all you just need to go into a different environment that people are going to see your value and see your worth yeah I've seen that one actually I love that one as I think it's so important um I feel like a lot of us center our worth around other people and play their games and 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 live our lives for them and we don't even realize it yeah like whether it's oh i'm gonna get big in the gym and they don't even realize that it's coming out of like this need to get validation from someone else like they're doing it for someone else who might not even realize it 
they might get all these, they're trying to chase all this money because they had a parent who was hammering away at them for years and years about this thing. Like they're doing all these things for other people. They've got all these insecurities that maybe came from younger years and they're living their lives for other people without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that is I believe that you can do that as much as you want. You can be as successful as you want at those things, but you're never going to feel true fulfillment and purpose because you're not living life for you. Yeah, 100%. Um. Yeah, just the facts on that one. Um, so how can we take back ownership of our self-worth? I think like realising like how valued you are as a person by so many people, but also like realising how much you do for yourself and how much you actually value yourself. Um Again, I've had this like conversation with a few clients recently. Is that no one does anything? No one does anything more than you do for yourself. You do more on a daily basis than anyone will ever do for yourself. And we love our friends and family or our partners so much, but they will never do what we do for ourselves. Like even just one percent of everything we do, without us even realizing it. Like we do so much for ourselves, and we don't place nearly as enough enough like self-worth and value on ourselves than we do on others which is like sad in a sense that we don't appreciate ourselves so I feel like taking back that self-worth is really just realizing that you only really need yourself at the end of the day and we do so much for ourselves like more than we do for anyone else have you ever thought about doing I don't know if it's a silent retreat or some very long extended period of time alone like a week long where you go to like these retreats, you you can't speak to anyone. You literally by yourself, you get... I would love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the dream. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be a lot of, there's a lot in like silence. And mm-hmm. I try to start meditation, I reckon three weeks ago, I did it, I did 30 minutes, meditation, silent time, whatever you want to call it, in the morning, did 30 minutes for like a week. It's really hard. Stop doing it. But <laughs> I, I want to get back. I just feel like it's not my thing. Do you know yeah. how like we talked about alone time? And mm-hmm. I think I still, for me, I still need to be stimulated in some way. So maybe journaling could work better mm-hmm. to regulate myself. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe whether it's just having some silent music on and relaxing or being in the sun, just something. But I just feel like you've got to work within your own, um, I don't know, what works for you, I guess. Yeah. And, and being... You could do something like five minutes of meditation or five minutes of journaling is going to outweigh 30 minutes of journaling or 30 minutes of meditation if you stick to the five minutes for a year versus a week. I think that's probably an important point about goal setting is make it – we don't speak about this enough. We set ambitious things, but if you can't do it for like a year, then it's pretty pointless because you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Fear of judgment is probably one of the most universal things going around in in the self help world, and something that everyone needs to sort of improve on is their fear of judgment. And I, th- that's the thing I've really learned interviewing people, talking to people, researching this stuff is how much people are dictated by fear of judgment. Whether it's they want to start something and they don't do it because of that, mm-hmm. and how much other people are holding them back, but they're really just holding themselves back. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't even realise it half the time. And you hang around people. And I think, do you know why people are so scared of fear, like other people and stuff? And this is what I've really thought about. How critical are we of other people, right? We're like, 
so many of us, so many people I know are so critical, whether it's talking shit about people. So they know that other people are going to be doing the same to them because they've fostered that sort of belief within themselves that that's how people are. Yeah. Because the way you see other people, you sort of believe that people see you the same way yeah. through that same lens. Yeah. So whether it's learning compassion and empathy for other people, where it's learning to not judge but see the positives in what people are doing. Like I look at people who are starting content and it's terrible and I say, oh, f- good on you, you're, you're, doing so- you're pursuing saying you like. It might not be the perfect pro- like thing right now, but respect what – try and find a positive in what they're doing. Yeah. And I often notice that that has changed my whole fear of judgment. Like I don't – because I'm teaching myself that, okay, look, there's probably going to be the inevitable negatives out there, but my brain has sort of found a way to focus on the positive just because I controlled what I can could control, which is how I put my attention to other people. Yeah. We're so busy caught up in trying to control other people's opinions but if we can control what we can control, our attention and how we see other people, it ends up being we almost trick ourselves into into how we think other people are thinking of us. Yeah. It might not change, but it changes a lot of mm-hmm. your self-talk. Mm-hmm. Anything on that? I think you covered it. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait for others to change or make excuses for people's behaviour. This is a massive one. It definitely links to the friends and relationships and environments one. Why is that so important? I think nowadays we give people way too many chances and we let people like hurt us over and over and over and over. I feel like we are really good at making excuses for other people sometimes and it can, yeah kick us in the ball sometimes um I feel like next year I really just want to focus on when people show me who they are once just believe them and if that's not the type of person I want in my life then just let them go don't let someone have those opportunities to show you over and over and over and keep making excuses for them once they do it once and they show you who they are people make mistakes obviously um and having that empathy and compassion towards people is important but if someone has shown you the type of person they are, believe them the first time because at the end of the day, you're only just wasting your own time and hurting your own feelings if you just keep giving them more chances to just keep showing you who they are. Yeah, that's the important balance, I feel like, because we're humans, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah, definitely. It's that fine line between excusing bullshit versus mm-hmm. like, okay, no one's a perfect human being. Yeah, definitely. So I it's feel hard. like that's a delicate balance. And I yeah. feel like, not that I don't, I, I, I think you're right, but I feel like it's there's a lot of grey area because what happens people are gonna people might hear that I hear that mm-hmm. and I start thinking of it in my own life my own friendships relationships mm-hmm. and you just apply it with your own bias yeah and you apply it in your own way and it'll <laughs> I do this all the time I'll I'll retrofit that so whatever you're saying there I'll put that onto my relationship and my fears my insecurities with about a relationship I'll I'll take what you're saying and and it'll make it negative to what my relationships, my friendships. Yeah. So it's interesting because like what happens is when people hear advice, they often attach that advice. They fit it onto their lives through their own biases and their insecurities. Mm -hmm. So I love advice, but what happens is I feel like whenever you listen to this, you've got to also be aware of like, okay, what are your fears? What are your insecurities? Because every time you hear advice, you will apply it to your life with that bias. So just being aware of that because like when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, Okay, I'll apply it to my life where I've made mistakes in my relationship. And then I'm like, mm. oh my God, is this, you know, is, is yeah. I'm not perfect. And then, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You just got, I feel like awareness around 
your own self when you take on advice is so important because of Absolutely, how yeah. because of how like you anyone could because you could have eight billion people listen to what mm-hmm. you're saying and it get it interpreted a million bi- different times yeah eight yeah. billion ways yeah so yeah. it's like being able to understand your own biases so that you don't jump to the gun with your yeah. own, with yourself yeah definitely but I think the overarching message is clear like people there's Finding new people. There are so many good people out there and I think that's mm-hmm. a massive thing. I think I think people are in relationships, friendships, whatever, and they almost feel like, oh, it can't get better. And that's the number one myth that yep. is like there's so many good people out there. There's so much more out there. How yeah. many how many times would there be girlfriends and boyfriends, like separate groups of partners, and there would be like they'd both the girl and a boy of uh, the different ones would be thinking like oh, like this, this sucks. Even though they, they'd probably be like amazing together, mm-hmm. but they're trapped in this in this toxic relationship. It's I don't know. Love is such a massive thing. Anyone who's single would be lying if there's not that voice that has hope for a good relationship. I feel mm-hmm. like saying that I want to get more into into talking about is that thing the whole like love and relationships because I guess it's just a human desire. But anytime someone's single like there's always that voice in their head like even though they want to prioritize themselves like if a really good person comes along mm-hmm. like they're still going to be intrigued and want to and want to pursue that because it's just human nature yeah um but yeah i just think we don't realize how much better it can be yeah um yeah definitely people don't realize like how much more there is out there for them and if you think about like the most important people in your life right now there was a time in your life where you didn't even know them. Like, imagine, like, there's going to be people in your life in the next year or so that mean the world to you, and right now you don't even know them. So it's so important to, like, hold out for better people and realise that there's so many people out there that are going to love and cherish you so much. Yeah, that's a big one. Hey, I feel like it it comes back to, like, this whole paradox, like, forgetting. You forget how much you forget. Mm -hmm. Um and there's so much like thoughts you had, fears and stuff, and you forget them. Like how many fears do we have that didn't come true, but we forgot we had them? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're like, we're stuck in this cycle of being pessimistic and negative and fearful. And these things don't happen, but you don't ever go back and go back to those fears and say, well, that was bullshit. That, that won't happen. And we don't just stop it. It keeps repeating itself until we, you know, we, we try and treat the symptoms, but we need to uh, like go deeper and find the cause yeah. of, of those fears and why they keep appearing and deal with those rather than just, I know we like scratching the surface because we're scared of what's underneath. Yeah. Only when we explore what's underneath, we change what's on the surface. Um, Social media, it's probably an undeniably addicting thing, but I feel like it's one of those things where it's like how you interact with it is determines whether it becomes, I guess, poison um, it's it, we already know it's a highlight reel. I was gonna say, oh, it's a highlight reel, but we all know people show their good stuff. There's not many people who like to show the negatives and the lows. Mm-hmm. So we need to curate our feed so that it's things that we like, and we're not doom scrolling, and we're not just seeing negativity. We need to. F- we're gonna go on our phones, and I don't think there's anything wrong with social media. I think it's a powerful way to connect with people because we, everyone's busy, and mm-hmm. I think social media has, has got a massive role to play. But I think we blame social media, but we're the problem. Like. You know, we follow, like you said, you unfollowed so many people, but like 
who followed them in the first place. Mm-hmm. So we love to like, and even what the videos we see, you know, like our algorithm, if you look at algorithms, like you, you created that, mm. you know, the app wants you to stay on it. Yeah. So if you have a negative Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, it's like, it's probably maybe a reflection of who you are right now. I go to mine, it's all mindset, positivity. And I'm like, well, that's probably a bit of a representation of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, so I guess, how do we, how should we use social media? Yeah. As you just said, like what you see on your phone is you've created that like outlook on life. You've, you've created that environment on your phone. So I feel like you have to be so careful with who you follow on social media, who you even allow access to you on social media. If you are constantly opening your phone and you feel like shit, looking at the things that people are posting, unfollow them, delete, block, get rid of all, anything that you see that makes you feel like shit, like it needs to be gone. Like you have complete control over what you see on your phone and who you message, who you talk to, who has access to you. And we have to be so careful with who we give our energy to. Definitely. How do you think content creators, like I wouldn't say I'm annoyed by this because I love creating content. I love helping people on the internet. But there is part of me which is like, fuck, I'd love to not go on social media for like six months. Because I just wouldn't, like I just want that break. But I'm like, okay, it's part of like what I'm doing. And it's it's hard because like, but I guess it's like, okay, what can I control? Mm -hmm. Then it's not going on when I don't need to it's yeah it's going on to post and be intentional so I, I have so much I can control but it's like the human brain will come up with all sorts of excuses In, instead of controlling what I can control my brain says like oh because I can't go off it for six months what's the point but I have so much yeah. I can control yeah no I feel that I have so many times that I'm like if Instagram wasn't part of my job I'd <laughs> bloody delete that app <laughs> I hate it sometimes um yeah, so I think even it comes down to like the notifications things as well. Like I don't have um, like notifications turned on for Instagram or like Snapchat or Facebook or anything like that. Like they're all gone so that if I do go onto the app, usually it's work related. Usually it's to post content to a like a work page where I'm building a brand to promote myself, promote my business. But yeah, the thing that you said that I wish I could just delete. Social media for six months, I feel that so hard all the time. <laughs> yeah, I've got my notifications off and I feel like that's game changer. But I've been doing that for like two, two, three years. Oh, it's so underrated. Like I don't get any notifications on the weekend and I love it <laughs> more yeah. than anything. It's great. It's so good. Um, the last one, but probably the most important one, just because of how integral it is to all of them, it's talk down or ridicule yourself. And I feel like, Especially when we're starting new things in 2024, we're trying to grow. There's going to be that voice inside of you and, you know, it's not going to be perfect. When we change, there's a lot of doubts. There's a lot of voices because the ego wants to know. It wants to be where it's comfortable and familiar, even if it's toxic. So it's going to be times where we're growing and it's going to be scary. Self-talk couldn't be more important for self-growth. So how do you think we can, or why is it, why do you feel so, why do you think that's so important for you and how can we, I don't know, better execute self-talk in 2024? I feel like at the end of the day, you spend 24-7 in your head, like why not make it a good place to be? Um, and I feel like it really just comes down to that, like why would you want to live in a place that is so negative and so like full of hate and so like just shit to be in? 
um, why don't you make it a positive place and a positive experience to be in? And the way you talk about yourself and the things that you say to yourself end up becoming your reality at the end of the day. Like if you can control how you speak to yourself and control, you know, the way you think and feel about yourself, like it's going to be a way more positive experience pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and trying new things and setting goals. It's going to be, yeah, way more positive than if you just like talk down to yourself every day. I feel like why I'm so passionate about self-talk or I guess it's it's just like CBT, like cognitive behavioural therapy. Like mm-hmm. if you can change the way you view things, you can you can change the emotions that are attached to them. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget that emotions drive us. Like you can logically want to be so great, but if your emotions are going to drive you, if you're like learning – Learning and realizing that mastering self-talk is not is not so that it's only so that you can change the feeling. Yeah. Self-talk is the point of mastering self-talk is to change the feeling because mm-hmm. the feel, feelings are everything they drive us. That's everything you're feeling right now is because of <laughs> because of feelings, right? Yeah. Self-talk is like I'm trying to think of an analogy here, but it's like the it's like Oh, a good one I heard was like when you're driving a car, mm-hmm. the emotion is like the driver, mm-hmm. but self-talk is like the passenger. Mm-hmm. So like the emotions drive you, but the passenger has a voice. Like it can talk to the driver and say all these things. So the way the dri- the passenger speaks to the driver, which is yourself, but um, mm-hmm. there is a difference in the brain. Like the way you speak to yourself has such a big influence on on your emotions and how you drive it and how you drive your car and drive your life. So that's sort of the thing that a good analogy to think of it. I guess how do we, it's a balance between self-compassion and also accepting mediocrity. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. cause it's, it's, it's such an easy society to be lazy in yeah. because there's so much stimulation. There's so much normalization of like accepting like 50% plus of the world is obese. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. But we accept it, but it's like, I just feel like it's, it's, it's a delicate thing of like accepting mediocrity. Like it's not even mediocrity. Call it what you want. It's dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's for their health, for their mental health, for their life. It's their lives aren't fulfilling. So it's a delicate balance between like, be kinder to yourself. Like Mm -hmm. versus like, okay, let's get the fuck up and get to work. Yeah. How do you, how do you manage that? I feel like it is like continuously pushing yourself in a direction where you know where you need to be going down to achieve your goals, but also at the same time understanding that it takes time and don't go in with such high expectations because then you are going to talk down to yourself when you don't meet these high expectations. Just being kind to yourself while in the process, if that makes sense. You can have that middle ground where you are working on yourself, you are getting better, you are growing but you're also being kind to yourself in the process, realizing that you are going to have bad days. You are going to have bad weeks. You're, you know, not going to feel like you want to do things some days and, you know, allowing yourself that rest, but also knowing that you do have to continue where you're going. It is important to keep pushing towards your goals and getting there and being kind to yourself in that process is important. So just meeting yourself halfway between those two things. Yeah. I think the trajectory is way more important like if you can be consistent with positive trajectory, like one mm-hmm. percent better every day versus yeah. in atomic habits, like one percent better every day versus one percent worse every day. Yeah. Like 
That's everything. And you don't even need to be 1% better. I think the 1% better every day, I sort of don't agree with because like you're not going to be 1% better every day. It's bullshit. Because yeah. there's going to be days where you're negative. Yeah. You know, you're going to have a lazy day and it's not going to be good for you. Mm-hmm. But it's, that's, that's, it's, it's dealing with that and being okay with that mm-hmm. so that tomorrow you do show up and yeah. you get 2% better. Yeah. Or you put time into all these projects. Like I think the 1% better every day is a very good framework to get motivated and I, I, I actually do like it. But I think it's also not a reality. It's not actually what happens mm-hmm. because, like, you can take it how you want. But you're not going to be one percent better every day, but you can you can be intentional about your trajectory. So, like, when you're having a down and you and you know you, you might go off tr- track with your diet or something, it's being okay with that so that tomorrow you can kickstart that positive trajectory again. Because like over the last few days, like I've had some shit meals, like, and it hasn't made me feel good. <laughs> I just, I'm genuinely like, I don't, it's not what I want to be doing. I don't want to mm. be eating some of these things, but I'm okay with it because look, I can't change it. I actually enjoyed it a little bit, like mm. at the time, it didn't mm. make me feel good. Like today, when I was trying to run around <laughs> in thirty degree heat, yeah. But I'm, I just feel like I'm not being hard on myself mm-hmm. because it's all about the next decision yeah and it's all about creating headspace so that your next decision after quote-unquote failure or a down or is is optimal like that's what it is isn't it so it's a, self-growth is all about putting enough right choices together so that you can be the person you want to be yeah so i feel like we're going to make wrong choices but self-talk is all about being creating headspace so that it helps you make the right choice the next time yeah no definitely um, all right, we've covered all the points. Is there any sort of general things we want to touch on before we wrap it up? I don't think so, no. I think we've covered all of it. 2024. So, big year. Um, I guess my only general advice would be f- keep focusing on the internal because the external is going to change. Like, you mm-hmm. could set goals for body weight and you could gain it back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're focusing on the internal, like... Self-growth is almost irreversible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's, it can be ad- addicting. Like pursuing things that are going to benefit you. It's, it's such a rewarding journey and there's so much you can do. So I'll just say to anyone listening, focus as much as you can on yourself and that isn't selfish. You're mm-hmm. going to end up being the, a better person for everyone in your life. Be courageous to get out of your comfort zone. You forget how much you forget. So even so, you're gonna do all these scary things, and you're gonna forget how much, how scary it actually was. So, mm-hmm. giving yourself confidence that you can do those things will become sort of a domino effect for living the life you want to live. Being intentional, probably a good overall arching one. So when you're resting, try and find ways to actually relax. Hannah, yep. try and relax. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, also a bit of self talk there. Um, yeah, I guess goal setting, all this stuff, trying new things. It's a scary place, like. Becoming a better version of yourself is all exciting, but there is a lot of it's also scary because you, it's comfortable to be the be the same old and same old. But I guess once you show yourself that you can be better, and, and saying we've both done over, over the past couple of years, once you get that confidence within yourself, it really becomes easy, and you just start to learn like we're doing now, almost being clear on the how we've got the why now we've got the motivation but it's just being finding clarity and intention with what we're doing so that we can get the most out of it yeah 
All right, well, thanks for coming on. No, thank you for having me. I feel honoured to be asked to come back on. <laughs> no worries, any time. All right, thanks, guys, for listening, and I hope you got something good out of that one, and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.